If you have your copy of Scripture, I'd invite you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, just reading verses 17 to 22. Ephesians chapter 2, verses, 20, uh, sorry, verses 17 to 22. We're just talking some uh, this week about the church. We've been in this series called What We Believe, uh, talking about particularly as Baptists, some of the, um, uh, the doctrine, the things that we believe as a church uh, that uh, we want to affirm. And so this week we're talking some about uh, the church, which is, uh, which is so important, uh, not only on the Sunday morning, but through the week, uh, that we know what the church is, that we go to church, but that we also uh, learn to be the church. Look with me in Ephesians chapter 2, beginning verse 17. It says this, He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as a chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You for the precious gift of Your Word. And I pray, God, that You take us through it together as Your church. Teach us Your ways, God. Challenge our hearts. Help us, God, to be who You want us to be. We thank You, Lord, for the church uh, which You uh, brought into being, uh, for uh, Your children gathered together, to worship you, to learn from you, to be challenged together by you. But God, we pray that we do more than just the worship on a Sunday morning, but that we be your people throughout the week, in our workplaces, in the shops, and wherever we may be. Help us, God, to bring honor and glory to your name and to lead others to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, you do hear people say a lot today, what is so important about the church? What, what is so significant about gathering together on a Sunday morning or about uh, meeting together in, in one particular place for one particular time? It's really not that important anymore, is it? Well, if people want to start that with me, I think they're talking to the wrong person because I love the church. I love it. I love the church. I love coming on a Sunday morning. I, I actually... Don't see why people wouldn't come here. I, I honestly don't. You guys are amazing. Most of you, anyway. You guys are amazing to work with. And I love coming to the church. And I love being here on a Sunday morning. When I grew up, now I know that's a long time ago for some of you, but when I grew up, we were in church on Sunday morning for Sunday school for uh, one hour. Then we were in church for one hour. And then we came back in the evening for one hour for the, the worship. And then we were here on Wednesday night for our prayer meeting, and we're involved in Bible studies or discipleship groups during the week. I love being with the church. I love because I think it's so important, not just the worship, not just the fellowship, not just learning together, but it's important that we be challenging one another, encouraging one another in the faith to be the church out in the week. And I think people who don't understand what's so important about church, unfortunately, have never seen the church actually being the church. They just think, what's so important about gathering together and singing a few songs? Well, th there's not an importance in that necessarily. We could do that anywhere. And yes, there's a, 
The old saying people said all the time, oh, look, I can read my Bible on my own. I can, I can watch church on, on a television or I, I can listen to a podcast. Uh, I can see stuff online. It's all the same thing. We're still worshiping. We're still learning. Yes, you can learn from a preacher online. Yes, you can sing along with your, uh, the, the podcast or with things. You can worship on your own with the CDs. That's not what's important about the church. And so what we want to do is start learning from Scripture some of the importance of gathering together and why we think, as a Baptist church, why we think it's important to come to church, to be involved in the church, but also how the church should be the church, living out God's Word in our community. Because I just think it's so important. Uh, let's first look at just some definitions about church, where this word come from. Some of you can just ignore this if you're not interested in word studies at all. Some of you really love this stuff. Um, the, the original word church uh, came from the, the Greek word uh, kuriakon, which means the house of God, or later became known to mean the people of God, uh, a gathering together of God's people. We also use the, the Greek word uh, ekles, uh, ekklesia, or ekklesia, which uh, simply actually means, it didn't mean church at all, actually, it just meant a gathering of people called together by a herald. So I guess I'm the herald because I've got the loud mouth up here. So it's calling together people, and they came together, but it came to mean the church, because the church were gathering together uh, people for a set purpose. It's not meant to be an institution by any means, but it's meant to be a group growing together in Christ uh, for, uh, to share God's hope with the world. Someone said, this anonymous quote says, its members are in Christ and knit together by supernatural kinship. I like that because uh, I don't know about you, but if you meet people from around the world who are Christians, or maybe you, you travel around, uh, you caravanners, if you're out there traveling around and you go to other churches, you can find you just slip right into the fellowship of the church. You're, you're part of that fellowship. No matter where you're from, uh, no matter your background, you can go and you can worship in the church. We're all one. We're all part of the same family. Uh, another anonymous quote that I love about the church says, the church has had many critics through the years, but no rivals. There's nothing that stands against uh, the people of God, the church. Now, being a Baptist, I'll give you the seven, seven B's of a Baptist church. Now, if you want to be technical, I realize there are about nine B's in here, but the main points are, are B's, so I'll just call it the seven B's of a Baptist church. Fred Roth, who was a member of my church growing up, uh, was a uh, doctor and seminary professor in uh, the college that later on I attended, said a Baptist church is a body of baptized believers bought by the blood and bound by the Bible. Now, I like that simply because it's easy to remember for me. I'm just like, beep, 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 just remember all this stuff. Body of baptized believers bought by the blood and bound by the Bible. Uh, it's important that we, we recognize the church uh, for Baptists, especially as a group of baptized believers, that uh, we've given our life to Christ, so bought by the blood and bound together by the Bible. We want to make sure that the teachings we teach and the lives that we live are in accordance with the Scripture. There are a lot of teachings out there that call themselves biblical. There are a lot of teachings out there that call themselves the church. Teachers out there are preachers who call themselves uh, religious or call themselves Christian. But yet, so often, you will hear the, the preaching or the teaching uh, be more opinion rather than scriptural. Now, we want to try to make sure, as the Baptist church, as, as this church, we want to try to make sure that what we teach is straight from God's Word and that we can back everything we say uh, with the authority of the Scripture. And that we're a group of people who believe in Jesus Christ, who have given our lives to Him, bought by His blood, uh, baptized by His Spirit, and uh, bound by the Bible. 
Now, it's important to recognize that um, the church is the local church. When we talk about the church, we talk about a couple of things. So one, we talk about the local church. Uh, so you might be talking about Lake, so you might be talking about Wyong or wherever that is. Uh, you might be talking about the local church when you talk about the church. But also, we talk a lot about the church, meaning the universal church, meaning all Christians anywhere they are, whether they're in Afghanistan or Sudan or Australia or America, it doesn't matter. The, the church is that body of believers who are bought by the blood and bound by the Bible. And so, what is the difference in uh, a Baptist church? You might say, look, there's Anglican churches out there, there's Presbyterian churches, there's all these things. Well, there's several things about the way we do church or the way we believe the church is meant to be scripturally that's important to recognize. And so we'll simply call those Baptist distinctives. So things that make us uh, distinctively a Baptist church. And there are a few things that we believe uh, about the church that kind of set us apart from some other denominations of the faith. So the first of those Baptist distinctives is what we call the priesthood of the believer. Now, that sounds really weird, doesn't it? Priesthood of the believers. You think, what does that mean? I mean, we're not all priests. But, you see, there, there are a lot of denominations in Christianity today who believe that... Um, there, there are some who believe that only a priest could, uh, could ask for forgiveness of sins from God or grant forgiveness for that. Uh, in order for someone to have forgiveness of their sins, they need to go to the priest and confess their sins and receive that, hopefully, from the priest if he might pardon those sins. We don't believe that. We believe every believer in Jesus Christ has access directly to God. And uh, it's very scriptural that we can actually fall on our knees before our Lord ourselves. He has given us access directly into the presence of God. And we can do that. Also, we don't believe... There, there are a lot of denominations who believe... And, and they're, they're good people, good denominations. I'm not talking about uh, other Christians. They're, they're strong Christians. But the way they do church, they believe that only a priest might um, administer a communion or only a priest could, uh, could baptize someone. Uh, only a priest, some believe only a priest or a pastor or whatever you might say can lead someone to Christ. Now, we don't believe that that's, that's scriptural at all. We actually believe anyone uh, who's a believer in Jesus Christ can, uh, can lead in communion. Anyone who's a believer in Jesus Christ who surrendered their life to Christ, uh, any Christian in the church can, can baptize another. We believe any... Uh, Christian in the church. In fact, we are, we are called by God to all go out and to to, uh, to to teach and to lead others to Jesus Christ uh, and to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We are all called to actually go out and be His disciples, His followers in the community. And so we believe anyone can lead someone else to Christ. And we want to challenge the whole church, commission the whole church, saying, you are all priests. So, uh, so go out and, uh, and serve that way. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 says, You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you received mercy. The church, the people of God, are all challenged to go out. and says, I have called you by name. I've called you out of darkness into light so that you might go out as priests, as servants of God, to go out and to share that love and mercy with others. We're all very different, 
but we all together are called to serve our one Lord. Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verse 6 says, There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. We trust together in our great God who is over us all, who has commissioned us all to go out and to serve. And so, in the whole realm of church work, we, we sometimes put uh, the pastor up on the pedestal and say, look, you're in charge, you, just, you lead us and, and we'll go where you say. The, the scripture doesn't do that. The scripture actually says we are all commissioned to serve. We are all to serve together. Some have different giftings. Some will serve in music. Some will serve in preaching and teaching. Some will serve in administration. Some will take care of the property. Whatever it is, we're all gifted in different ways and can serve together in different ways. But we are co-laborers together with Christ Jesus. Uh, we are all uh, priests to be served, uh, to serve God together. Second thing we want to believe, we believe as a, a Baptist church is what we call the autonomy of the church, which again sounds important. But what it means is we believe each church is separate to make decisions for itself, to meet the needs in its own community, to meet the needs of the people that it's reaching out to. Now, there are a lot of different denominations, again, as, as Christians. Some of those believe that... Um, uh, the, the priest or the, the archbishop, sometimes the archdeacon may make decisions for uh, a certain parish or a certain community. Uh, sometimes the archbishop uh, in the Anglican system, for example, will set the pace for a certain mission outreach that they're supposed to do throughout all the Anglican churches in the country. Now, we don't have any sort of bishop or, or high priest or uh, right reverend or whatever you want to call these higher positions in the Baptist church. We do have a Baptist association that we're a part of, but they have no authority over the church whatsoever. Now that's odd, isn't it? Why have they a Baptist association? Because we believe in the fellowship of church, so we believe it's important for all the other churches to, to work together, to try to make some decisions together, to pray together, to support each other. But each church is completely separate, which is why you can go... Uh, to, uh, to Doylson, and you can find church being done completely different than it is here. You can go to Wyong, and you can see things being done completely different than it is here. Each can be wonderful and, and can meet the needs of that community, but we're all, uh, we, we are allowed to make decisions uh, for our own, uh, for our own selves. In, uh, in Acts chapter 6, we see the early church starting to make decisions for themselves, for how they uh, were to do church. In the early church, um, the the disciples were out preaching and teaching. And then they noticed that um, some of the uh, leaders in the area noticed that the orphans and widows started to be overlooked. And so a deacon, the uh, disciples went out and they, they appointed uh, people to look after the administration of the church and to handle some of the, uh, uh, the different things to make sure that the mission was being done and uh, the orphans and widows were looked after while they devoted themselves to preaching and teaching and to prayer. The, um, the Baptist church is not controlled by a priest or a pastor or a denomination or by the government, but each church makes a decision for themselves, praying together uh, for the direction of the church in how we reach out in our community. Because no one knows a certain community like the people who live there. And so you know the, the sort of ministries that will work, yeah, you work on that together. Each church decides how they're going to worship, how they're going to minister, 
the mission we're involved in as God leads and we, we try to serve together. Now, another thing Baptist wants is, is certainly church governance. Uh, as I said, we don't believe anyone is head of the church other than Christ Jesus himself. Christ Jesus is head uh, of our church and he has full authority over it. The church uh, meet together, they pray together to discern God's will. You see, the church won't function well at all if it's meant to be my church. And if I try to lead everything to get my way and my opinions and uh, the way I'm comfortable all the time, we won't succeed in the mission of the church and ministry of the church if we try to always do it your way. I'm sorry. But none of, no, none of us are always right in every situation. And so we think that God is to be the head of the church and we together are to, yes, come across our ideas, but submit them together in prayer and we pray together for God's direction. And that's one of the main roles of the, the pastor and the elders in the church to pray for direction of the church, to seek out God's will. The pastors and the elders are in no way a CEO or uh, directors of a company uh, or an institution or an agency. They are people who are praying to discern God's will, trying to encourage others uh, in the faith. We are meant to be serving together. The pastors and elders, I, I don't know how many times through the years I've heard people say, oh, you know what, you do what you want, you're in charge, yeah? or you're the, you're, the, you're the CEO, you're the pastor, you just make the decision and we'll just go that way. And while most people have said that to me in the past, have said that in jest, I think it's a terrible description of the church because the church are meant to be only following God. And I will tell you, if you're just going to follow me or you just want to do what I want, then we're just going to be in a mess because the church is never meant to be built on my shoulders but on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is to be our leader. He is the one that we are to follow and we need to be praying together uh, for his direction. The pastors and elders are meant uh, to be teaching, uh, to be preaching, to be praying for the leadership of the church, to be trying to direct as God uh, discerns and as God directs. The, uh, the deacons, uh, or here we call them uh, the management executive, the pastoral executive, are meant to be using the gifts of administration to support the ministries and the function of the church, to make sure that the direction that we get from God is being carried out by the people in the church, to involve people, you guys, as much as we can in the ministry of the church. It's so important that we together recognize we want to follow Christ Jesus as our head, and we want to discern that will together, praying together as God's people. It's why the church family meetings are so important, because we have time to pray together as a church. Just sit down and say, here's how we see God leading us. Let's pray about this together. Let's uh, let's focus on things together and let's celebrate what God has been doing in our midst and let's pray together for wisdom and encouragement as we go in the direction God leads us. Um, in closing, we've got a couple of different ordinances we call as a church. It sounds very formal, and ordinances of the church. That, for Baptist churches, is baptism and communion. Now, baptism, this is how we first got our name as Baptists. We, we were in trouble by... Uh, the Catholics, and they called us the, the rebaptizers uh, because we believe as Baptists that baptism is not essential for salvation, although it's commanded by the Lord Jesus Christ, and we strongly encourage believers to do that. But we believe baptism is, and scriptural baptism is only for believers in Jesus Christ. The, the Bible says, repent uh, and be baptized. We find that in Acts chapter 2, verse 14 to 36. 
We repent, come and repent of your sins. Let God forgive you and follow Him in baptism. But we believe that in order to be a believer in Jesus Christ, you have to be able to make that decision for yourself. And so therefore, at a time when, when, when Catholics were, were baptizing infants, they were baptizing babies, and uh, they believed that that baptism uh, was enough to, to secure them for salvation until that was confirmed later on. Um, well, what Baptists were doing when they first started out was they had good Catholics who had been baptized as infants. They came to Christ, and we baptized them. We said, no, they, they need to be baptized as believers in Jesus Christ because we believe baptism is a recognition of that old life um, being gone and dying to that sin, life of sin, but being raised to a new life in Christ. It's a profession of that faith in Jesus Christ. It's a testimony of what Christ has done. And so people who are giving their life to Christ were being baptized, even though they were already baptized as uh, babies. And so we were called the rebaptizers, which were like the rebels in the church. Uh, the, the church were, were steadfast and strong in their tradition for so long. And they, they knew that tradition. They loved that tradition. And here we Baptists come in and we're breaking all the rules and we're baptizing people who had already been baptized. And at the time, it's, it, now it sounds ridiculous, but at the time, it caused so much trauma. And Baptists were also, all, often, through church history, thrown in prison and, and um, uh, ridiculed. And had governments working against because they were kind of breaking the rules of the traditions of the church. Now Christ, in, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20, in what we call the Great Commission, Christ uh, commanded that people be baptized and that we baptize others. But we believe that, as I said in, from Acts chapter 2, that it's repent first and then follow the Lord in, Jesus, in baptism. Um, we believe to baptize by immersion because, as I said, it's a symbol of completely going down into the water, dying to the old life of sin, being raised to new life in Christ. And this exactly is how uh, Jesus himself was baptized, and we want to follow him in that. Now, we also differ in the way that we do communion. There are some who believe that um, when you take the bread and the juice, it literally, like if you bite the bread, it literally becomes the flesh of Jesus Christ. When you drink the juice, it literally becomes the, the blood of Jesus Christ. And you're drinking of that blood and, and, and eating of that flesh. Now, that may sound a bit weird, but that's, that's a tradition of the church for, for generations and generations. We believe as Baptists, the bread and the juice is bread and juice. Okay? It's only a symbol of what Christ has done for us. But it's a powerful symbol of the body which was battered and beaten for, for the sin that we've done. And, and the juice is a symbol of the blood of Christ, which he was willing to, to give up, to pay for our sins and to bring about our salvation. It is a, a beautiful symbol, but it is simply just a symbol. It can recognize, communion can recognize uh, the past that Christ has done for us in the body of blood of Jesus. It can recognize uh, the present in the communion that we have together as a church with God, and it recognizes the future hope that we have in Christ's return. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26, we read that often during communion, uh, that says, as often as we uh, eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. We have a hope of Christ's return. And we, we talked about last week, hope in the, the scriptural sense is not something, an airy-fairy kind of idea that we just we dream about. 
Hope is a steadfast assurance that we have, according to God's word, that Christ will return. And communion is the celebration of that. Now, in closing, I just want to say we have an amazing church family. We have an amazing church family here. And I, I love the church. And God has called us to be an amazing family gathered together to learn more about God, to share together our journeys of the faith. We're, we're challenged to encourage each other, to challenge each other in, in our, our Christian walk. Now, it's not this on Sunday morning is not where all the ministry happens. It's simply a, a training camp, so to speak, for the ministry of life. And it, in being the church, we are challenged. Uh, here we are challenged and equipped for mission. We are challenged and equipped to be involved in social justice. We are challenged and equipped to do the work that God wants us to do. And it's important for us to come to church for the, the fellowship, yes, for the, the worshiping together. Yes, it's important that we honor God in that way, for the praying together, for encouraging each other in the faith, for challenging each other uh, with God's word, for learning together how we are to live. But even more important is that we go out. It, it's so important that we, we come and we be challenged together, but then we take that and then we go out and we live it in our communities in our workplaces, and on the streets, and wherever we are. I mentioned before that just listening to things on a podcast or following things on the internet is not the same. Some people will say, oh, it's just the same. I can listen to it there. If you talk to any Christian leader in third world country or in persecuted areas, they have access to the internet and they see preaching and teaching, but they long for the fellowship of other believers. They long to, to be supported by the church, to encourage each other in the faith, to be able to speak the truth that God is doing in our lives, to celebrate God's blessings, to, to walk together through the challenges. They long for that fellowship and the security. We are blessed, so blessed in this country, to have the freedom to worship together, to gather together. In fact, I think so blessed that we've taken it for granted for so long that you see so many of the churches, uh, so many people in the churches just see it as... as as irrelevant, as not important. And I want to challenge us now more than ever as a church to join together each week, to encourage each other, to support each other, to learn together, to be challenged together, uh, to, to spur each other on in the faith so that we can go out and be the church. It's interesting to me that um, fewer and fewer people are seeing the importance of gathering together when, when church is on and going to church. And at the same time, Fewer and fewer people are coming to Christ out in our community. Fewer and fewer people are seeing the church actually be the church in the community. We see social injustices all around. We see orphans and widows and, and those who are outcast by the community being outcast by, by Christians as well. We see people who are in their workplace and there's no way you could tell, people could tell if they're Christians or not by the way that they talk or by the way that they live. We, we say that we don't see the importance of coming to church. But when we're not coming to church, we're so often not being the church. I want to challenge us as a church. and Come each week and be challenged together. Uh, come and enjoy the fellowship. Yes, come and enjoy the worship. Yes, but, but encourage each other in the faith. Join together in, in studying God's word, in, in Bible study and in prayer. Join together in uh, supporting each other in the work 
that we do and, and the walk that we have with Christ so that we can go out, re-energize to, uh, to do the work that God's called us to do and to be the church in the community. Let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you for the church. Your family, God, that uh, gathered together to, to worship you and to learn from your word, to challenge one another in the faith. But God, I pray that we go beyond what just happens on a Sunday morning and that we go out and we live out your love and grace in our community. That we leave, God, this place, whether it be a, a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or a Bible study, whatever we're involved in the church, God, help us to leave that energized by your grace and mercy, healed and strengthened, God, by your grace and mercy and challenged to go out and to live out your love in our community together. Help us, God, to serve you together. Help us, God, to submit to you together. God, this is your church, and we want to honor you. We want to serve you faithfully together. Be glorified, God, through us. Here we're on a Sunday morning. Be glorified, God, through us. Here, and when we're in different ministries and activities of the church, be glorified, God, through us every day of our life. Wherever we go, wherever that takes us, God, help us to be your church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.